0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown,
1: a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world.
0: I'm Courtney Kosak,
1: and I'm Sophia Alexandra.
0: And we are introducing you to one of our favorite new podcasters, Privates.
1: This is such an exciting day for the pod because we are talking to Emmy Olea, who has a podcast named Crumbs that Courtney fell in love with, shared with me, I fell in love with, and we were like, holy shit. We got to talk to her. This needs to happen.
0: Yeah. So you're going to hear the trailer in just a second. We want to share that with you guys. But the podcast is so good because obviously the way that we grow up informs our relationships. And I just feel like the themes that she explores in this podcast are so universal. And the way that she explores them is so beautiful and poetic and poignant and heartbreaking in a way.
1: Learning your worth in relationships is just such a huge concept too. And I love that the way she interweaves her family life with her relationship life. Because I think, you know... We all know that the way we were raised is essentially how we play out for the rest of our lives and our relationships. But when you connect it like she did with those threads, it becomes, like, even more evident. And the other thing that I think is really beautiful about the podcast is Emmy's had a hard life, mm-hmm. but that's not what you come away with at all. No. The thing that you come away with is, like, the incredible impact that the people who love you have on your life. Yes. And that is so beautiful.
0: It's the transformative power of love for sure.
1: Yes. And I think that whether it's somebody that she dates, or it's her grandmother,
0: or her boyfriend's mom.
1: Yes. But the love is just so present. And uh, yeah, again, it's, it's an outstanding piece of art.
0: So we are going to get into a conversation with Emmy, But first, we wanted to give you guys a little context for everything that we're going to talk about since it relates so specifically to her podcast. So without further ado, here is the trailer for Crumbs. Enjoy.
2: I'm Emmy Olea. On this podcast, I'm taking you on a search, a search for love. Emmy, 24, hardworking Latina, seeks cool, down-to-earth guy. Swipe, swipe, swipe. I think just watching these TV shows with the perfect families, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. That traditional Mexican housewife. It's hard out there for a girl. To find Mr. Right, I've had to meet a lot of Mr. Wrongs. He'd invite me over to have dinner with his family. I knew he didn't tell them that I was transgender and I didn't know if they knew or not. Adam said, if this question ever comes up, just deny, deny, deny. Dating as a trans woman can be complicated, but there were other reasons I felt like I couldn't always be myself. He's asking me things about my family, like, oh, you know, what do your parents do? And I'm like, oh shit, shame, right? Because my mom's in prison. So I right away start with a lie. It was like a hurricane had hit the house. Drawers were open, her safe was gone, shoes were thrown on the floor. I learned that evening, seven years old, that my grandmother was arrested for working with the Mexican drug cartel. I tried to cast myself as the perfect leading lady, but that perfect version of me is kind of a figment of my imagination. This is Crumbs, my love story. It's a show about the things we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make us who we are. Listen to Crumbs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Privates, do you want to surprise your lover with the best gift ever?
1: Well, you're in luck because Like a Kitten will ship you a gift box with all your erotic essentials from vibrators and massage oils to robes and handcuffs. It's your one stop shop for a perfect evening.
0: And this month, they're helping you choose your own adventure with their BYOB box, aka Build Your Own Box. You get to choose one item out of each of their six categories, toys, beauty products, lubes and cleansers, games, sexy accessories, and lingerie. And within each category, you have eight or more products you can choose from. So you can build an experience that's customized to your specific desires.
1: For example, I love the massage candles that become massage oil and you can drip them on the other person. They also have really fun ticklers. They have really nice vibrators. I mean, everything is really high quality. That's what's so cool. Like you wouldn't expect that because like literally the box only costs 79 bucks and some of the vibrators alone cost that. So pretty much it's a steal.
0: And what's extra cool is that a portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education and health. So you can feel good about feeling good.
1: And right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash private or enter code private at checkout.
0: Just go to likeakitten.com slash private or use code private to get 15% off these incredible boxes.
1: Likeakitten.com slash private. The link is in this episode's description.
0: Okay, Emmy. Oh my God, I am so excited to dive into Crumbs, your podcast today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We are so excited to have you. We've both been just
2: binging. binging. <laughs> oh my <I love> that. <laughs>
0: So let's dive in. So Crumbs is a show about the things we settle for when we're looking for love, right? I guess, yeah, explain a little bit about the show and and how it
2: came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So Crumbs is a show about the things that we settle for in life, not just, I think, romantically, but also the way I see it is things that we have settled for growing up along the way with our families. So you've heard some of the podcasts, you know, like I had a crazy childhood we come from a dysfunctional type of family. And I feel like a lot of my dating stories have, that I've settled for crumbs, it's because that's all I knew. That's all I received growing up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a show about the things that we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make up our, our identity. And so you join me on this quest for for love, right? Like I'm a trans woman who's sober and I'm exploring dating, what it's like. And at different phases of my of my womanhood, mm-hmm. so we we start with like my first serious relationship as Emmy, and then we go into like the most recent one. And I think what encapsulates the show so well is you get to see the growth from one relationship to another. Looking back, and even like when I was recording, I'm like, oh my god, I was so fucking crazy. How could I settle for that? <laughs> uh, like I wouldn't do that today. And that's the beauty of the podcast that it's a universal theme, which is love. We all want love in some form. And I think that it's something that's very relatable to a lot of people.
0: It's so relatable. Can I tell you, yeah, when you call it quits on a couple of relationships, I'm like, yes, go. I'm like right there (laughs) cheering you on because I think we've all settled for crumbs before.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the reason it's so universal and relatable, even though your stories are like so specific they're relatable because they're so specific. (laughs) You know, all of us have had the relationship where we're like, or more than one. I mean, that when I look back in my 20s, I'm like, Jesus Christ, who was that? You know, (laughs) but it's all of us. We're all messes and we're all working on it. And also the name of the podcast, Crumbs, I think is so poignant. If you wanted to like expound a little bit on how, you landed on the name because I think it's just it says a symbol. It's so beautiful.
2: It happened in a brainstorm. Thank you. That was something that when I was talking to my producers, we were brainstorming on like what each episode was going to look like. And honestly, what started off as like a fun and flirty idea, we were trying to capture like a fun mm-hmm. sex in the city type of vibe, like dating and sexy. But then what happened is we noticed that each episode transports us back and forth between like my romantic partners and the formative moments in my childhood that impacted how I dealt with these relationships as an adult. And so we were brainstorming on the topics. And all of a sudden I said, yeah, I've been settling for crumbs my entire life. And one of my producers said, that's it. That's the title of the podcast. So that's how it happened. And I fell in love with it. It's
0: so beautiful.
1: It's wonderful. And I think you just make like this great point where like settling for crumbs, like, yeah, that's not going to nourish you. And it's almost, I mean, not to make like eating the essential metaphor or anything, but it's almost like you learn to
2: feel like you deserve a whole ass meal. But it's a journey, you know? I think I said it in one of the recordings. I want the whole fucking cookie. Like I want everything. I want the whole loaf of bread. I don't want just a fucking crumb.
0: All of our listeners should go listen to every episode of Crumbs immediately after this is over. But let's dive in a little bit first about like, because there are some really specific things in your childhood. And then maybe we can talk about how that has impacted your dating life today. Like I'm thinking especially stuff with your mom and things like that.
2: Yeah, so one of the things that I don't even talk about in the podcast, which I think is important, I don't know why I just like, escaped my mind when I was recording. My mom had me when she was 14 years old.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: My dad was 16. That's crazy. So I was born to teenage parents. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Right? Like what 14 year old knows, like has the life skills to, to be a parent. I think it's, it's a very difficult thing to be in. And shortly after I was born, my parents both became addicted to heroin. And that started their journey into like their addiction, their bottoms, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're always in and out of my life. They were either in jail, in a rehab, or just not present emotionally and physically. So I felt so much shame about who my parents were because, of course, you know, as kids, we compare ourselves to our classmates. Mm-hmm. And people are coming with their packed lunches, and I'm not. And I see their parents being present for PTA meetings, and my parents aren't. So. I feel like, I don't know how it is that I left that out of the podcast, but I think, you know, you should know. My mom was 14 when she had me. She didn't know what the fuck she was doing. And so my grandmother stepped in to raise me. And I talk about my grandmother a lot in the podcast because she was the only maternal figure I had initially, right? She stepped in to raise me. She was my hero. She gave me unconditional love. And that's all I ever wanted. But then that was like taken away after, you know, when I was seven years old. I don't know how far along (laughs) you are, but that was taken away. And so that just had me shuffling from house to house, from family to family. Lots of things happened to me that should never happen to a child. If you can imagine it, it probably happened. So I felt so much emotional abuse, so much, you know, I experienced some sexual abuse in some of the places that I stayed at. And that's also, that was going to go into the podcast as well. But At the time when we were recording, we were on our first shutdown and I was just isolated alone and I couldn't really dive into that at the time. I wish I had because we talked about what it was like for a little boy to feel like I'll love you if you let me do this to you, you know, and that was supposed to go in one of the episodes, but I, I couldn't deal with it at the time. We were going through like the fucking pandemic. It was, it was hard.
1: You can always do a season two, girl. Yeah. It's always out there.
2: Uh, well, I'm up for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are there plans to do a season two?
2: You know, I haven't heard anything as of yet. Podcast is still relatively new. I would love to. I think it would be a, a great, even my mom thought so. She's like, oh, this needs a season two because she knows that there were so many things that I didn't talk about that are in the book.
0: I love that so much. Hey, if your mom wants it, let's do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's great. It also seems like, you know, you had so many blueprints for what not love looks like. Mm -hmm. And then it seems like your grandma was the person that showed you what love looks like. And I think the way you talk about her is so vivid about the way that she let you move your body. And just express yourself and never shamed you for anything and was just there.
2: I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, this woman was my hero. She, I, I looked up to her and even like when something challenging comes up today, I think like, what would she do? She was the matriarch of the family. Like she was in Mexico and had a family and she caught her husband cheating on her and she said, fuck this. She moved to the U.S. And slowly started bringing her daughters into the U.S. And then she met my grandfather here in the U.S., had my mom, and the rest is, like, history. That's where I came from. So this woman was a very strong woman to, like, stand up for herself and say, I'm not going to take this shit from anyone. I'm going to go and start a new life. And that's exactly what she did. So I, to me, she's, like, such a strong woman. She was such a strong woman. Mm-hmm. She's passed away, but she... She was my everything, and I looked up to her, and she ordered us around. She managed our, our lives, and, and I thought that was so cool. You know, like you have to remember everything that I learned, I learned from what I saw in telenovelas and what I, I mimicked from my grandmother. So, like, deep down inside, yes, I did some crazy ass shit in my addiction, and I've done some pretty nasty things, but deep down inside, like, I'm a traditional Mexican housewife at heart, uh-huh. and, and I'm okay with that. That's the role that I always wanted to fill.
1: Privates, whether it's a warm cup of tea, basking in sunlight, or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us. With Dipsy, your sanctuary is waiting. Escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority.
0: Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on.
1: Seriously, if you're into a British co co-worker <laughs> or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor, or even if you're a Zodiac freak who just wants to have sex with a Scorpio, they got you.
0: That's right, new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. Sophia.
1: Hell yeah, we did it, team. (laughs) So if you're like me and you like written erotica, they got you covered. If you're like Cokes and you like audio erotica, they also got you covered. Basically, Dipsy is your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner.
0: Mm-hmm. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to DipsyStories.com slash private.
1: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash private.
0: DipsyStories.com slash private. See you in the sheets. Bye. Okay, so let's talk about the dating element a little bit because one of the things and I've read about this elsewhere too but the thing that's kind of unique to dating while trans is that there's like this element of disclosure that you have to deal with kind of like immediately. You talk about it a little bit in the episode like this kind of pressure to like say on the dating app right away or time it at a specific point and it's like can be dangerous if you don't do it right. And so I don't know if you could talk a little bit about that, because it's like a lot of pressure and anxiety, I'm sure, that comes out of just that one aspect of your dating life.
2: A hundred percent. So I initially, when I started my transition, I lived in San Diego and all of my friends, all of my people around me saw that I was starting this transition. And so for me, it was easy initially to be like, Emmy, transgender. But then I moved to Los Angeles, and that was a whole different thing because I had already been living as Emmy for years. And I went to college and it's like, I was talking about this with my friend. And I, and I talk about it in the podcast um, in one of the last episodes. People don't walk around and say, hi, my name is Emmy and I am trans.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Hi, my name is so-and-so and I am a cis, assist- like that's not how people lead their their interactions. So when I went to college, it was just like, I was Emmy and nobody ever questioned me or nobody ever asked me. And then I, ha- I started dating and then the guys, you know, you've heard, like they say, deny it or don't ever talk about this. Don't disclose it. Like, don't out me, blah, 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 blah. And so, yes, in this, it was very hard in Los Angeles to, to write that, like in my dating profiles, but I felt like it was super important to disclose it because I, want, I don't want to put myself in a dangerous situation where we don't know how people are going to react. I feel like we're fortunate to live in Los Angeles and have more of a, uh, an openness towards the trans community, but I don't know where people come from. And, you know, I had an experience early in, in my transition in San Diego where my dating profile said that I was transgender. And, you know, cute Marine asked, and I asked him, did you see that I'm transgender? And he said, yes, that's cool with me. He had no fucking idea what it meant. Mm. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so then, you know, we go on a couple of dates. It's fine. You know, we we didn't get physical right away. And when we were about to get physical, it's like he fucking was so shocked and surprised. Like he fucking jumped from like one, one, one side of the bed to the other. And I froze and I freaked out. And I said, this guy is going to kill me. And that was like one of the scariest things. So now, like, I, I have to make sure that I disclose and, and you... People understand what it is because I have to protect myself. And yeah, it's, you know, we're still not there where we don't have to like have that awkward conversation, but I've learned how to navigate it and I've learned how to feel comfortable about it.
0: It kind of in a way shows you it's like a mini test. Yeah. Does it ever like just reinforce? You're like, yeah, I had a good feeling about this person and then they're so cool and now we're good to go. I mean, it was kind of that way in your last relationship, right?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, it was totally like that. And that's why that relationship was so important to me because I feel like someone fell in love with my soul, someone fell in mm-hmm. love with who Emmy was. And it wasn't about like, oh, what's this, what's that? And it was just like, I fell in love with the person that Emmy is. And that was like a beautiful relationship.
0: Yeah, where it's like not fetishization and it's not someone freaking out. And it's just like, yes, we're in this and it's cool. And that's not crumbs. That's love.
2: (laughs) Right. Because we get, you know, as soon as you match someone, sometimes people are so crass and so crude. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not like your experiment. I'm not Mm -hmm. your fantasy. I want you to like love me for who I am and not for like what I'm made of. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a a work in progress for sure, and it's I've learned how to navigate those conversations and and set boundaries right away about what I'm looking for and what I'm not looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when I do want like a casual fling, and that's fine. It's up to me. It's like my choice to do that.
1: I think also cis people never have to think about this, so I'm hoping like this maybe sheds a little bit of of light to people that have never considered like, oh, what would it be like if I had to go into every single romantic interaction with like essentially something that could potentially be a bomb or something that could be nothing, just a package depending on who I'm with. And that's like an insane amount of not just pressure, but like the fight or flight feeling must always kind of exist to some degree because you're always waiting for the reaction. Whatever it might be, you know, yep. positive, negative, neutral, but you're always like just bracing yourself. And, and that must be, I, I can't imagine the extra stress that that
2: puts on dating as if dating wasn't fucking stressful enough. It's so stressful. And it's like, sometimes I'm turned off by the idea of dating just because it's so, it's so exhausting and I have such a busy life that I need to like be able to invest my time into something that's substantial, Unless I choose not to, right? I, have, I <laughs> yes. have my moods. I mean, the Crumbs name for your podcast is
1: also very appropriate because it's like a Hansel and Gretel situation where I'm like, okay, well, I can't stop. I have to follow these all the way. That's why it's such a bingeable podcast in addition to it being just like excellent. But um, when you get to your final relationship, I feel like it's almost like we've been watching you play this video game and we're cheering you on. And you get to the final boss and we're like, yes, she's got this. And I think what is like heartbreaking and beautiful about that story in a certain way is you never know why love happens and you never know why it stops happening. And to listen to the story where you get essentially, you know, blindsided by a person that you've been living with, a person that you felt completely vulnerable with. I think that also is a really universal experience, but can you talk us a little bit through like the real time emotions that you went through when you went through
2: the beginning, middle and end of that relationship? Absolutely. So when I met him, I was not looking for anything. I was taking time to work on myself. And I talk about that in in the beginning of the episode. So I had deleted all dating apps. I wasn't replying to people texting me who wanted to like hang out. I was working on myself. And then I get this DM from this guy and I didn't think of it as something, I didn't think of it to be so serious at first. I thought this guy just, you know, he's interested do I want to hang out with him? I don't. He was younger than me. And he was, I wouldn't say newly sober, but he was newly sober compared to me. Like at the time I had 10 years of sobriety and Mm -hmm. he had about a year, a year and a half maybe. And so he wanted to hang out and I could tell that he was shy. And I said, you know what? We'll hang out. Why not? And I think maybe part of it for me was a little bit of like, attention-seeking, potentially. And then somebody was here telling me I was beautiful. And so I was, I was like, oh, okay, let's do this. You <laughs> I guess I'm back in the dating game. And so he fell in love with me fast. He fell in love with the person that I was. And his actions were showing me that. I mean, he was so attentive. He'd come and bring me little... Thoughtful things, little gifts, and or just like serve me water or serve me a drink of diet coke or whatever. And his actions, I'm like, well, this guy is like different. I'm like, could it be that he's from the south and that's how he was raised? I don't know. It could it be that he really does like me? I don't know. Could it be that he hasn't really dated much? I don't know. So I'm getting starting to get butterflies. And when he gives me these compliments and he starts calling me his queen, like they grow and I start feeling more seen. And then he wants to spend a lot of time with me. He wants to do things with me. And I'm feeling like, oh my God, this guy really likes me. And it's not just like the sexual side. It's like the emotional side. He wants to meet me there. And this is like all this love that he's bringing to the table I want to reciprocate it because he wants what I want. And I told him initially, like, are you sure you want to be like exclusive? Like, this is like, you you can think about it. I don't think that's what you want. But he was like, no, like, I, I do. And he said, I love you first. And I felt it. When he said it, I felt it. He looked at me in the eye and I was like, whoa, he loves me. So then I started doing, like, kind acts for him and taking care of him and nurturing him in the way that I know how. And the feeling is just so explosive. I didn't have eyes for anyone else. He was, like, my only person. I cut off all ties with everyone who I had known before. And so I focused on our relationship. You know, we got the dog and then... He started spending so much time with me in my place. And then we moved in together. And it's like we were building this home. And we started from scratch. You know, we, we went furniture shopping together. We decorated together. It was coming along. And all of a sudden, he's changing a little bit. But I think because I was so into it, and maybe I had blinders, I didn't notice him changing. Little did I know that he had a relapse and was using drugs behind my back. I had no idea. Would I have stayed with him and helped him get through that? Absolutely. It was the other part that just kind of like blindsided me where there was like a betrayal of, you know, that was, that really affected me. Mm -hmm. And I felt just like my world shattered. It did. However, I was in the point in my recovery in my spiritual journey where I knew that my validation and my love had to come from myself and from a bigger connection, not from anything human. Because just because you love me, that's yes, that's great. But I have to have my own self-love first before anything. So when that relationship fell apart, I had love for myself. And I didn't feel like I was like taken away from all that love, I was just hurt because of the betrayal. I was hurt mainly because he knew, he knew that if anything were to come up, I have an open door policy. Like we can talk about things and we can navigate around them. Like I told him initially, like, look, if you ever feel like you want to be with someone else, or you're missing something that I can't provide you, let's talk about it. Uh-huh. Let's talk about it. Let's see how you know, because I know how our minds work sometimes. And I guess what I was hinting at is like, let's talk about it. Like, don't do it behind my back. Let's talk about it and let's see how we can navigate around it. And and if we need to open up our relationship. I just I knew that our f- emotional connection was so strong. And it, it didn't happen that way. He was too embarrassed. And so the betrayals would really hurt me. So I'm feeling like, like I just wanna disappear because I'm in so much pain. And I was so bummed out about it and I couldn't get out of bed. I was just, I had, I've never cried so much. Well, actually, I have cried that much when my grandma passed away. But after that, like I had never cried so much. It was just so painful because I always thought he would never hurt me that way. He was my person. He would never go behind my back and disrespect our relationship and the trust that we've, we've built in this time. And so, yeah, it was like fucking painful. Yeah. But, you know, all my friends like scooped me up and carried me through that. And I was so busy at the time, you know, with other stuff that I had going on that I had to force myself to like get back up. And And I knew that I was going to be okay. I didn't know when, but I knew that I was going to be okay and that I had a strong support group that was going to carry me through that because we don't have to go through anything alone.
0: It's funny how when you're in a relationship with someone that feels like your soulmate or whatever, sometimes it's easier to communicate honestly before you have that huge like relationship between you. You know what I mean? In your case, your partner can't be honest with you or feels like he can't be honest with you about like, hey, I feel like I need something else because he's built you up or you know what I mean? Because you have this like emotional pressure when it's like the thing that you're trying to protect is the thing that you're putting in jeopardy. That happens to all of us, I think, at some point or another. I was going to ask
1: you, Emmy, um, did the relapse happen before the
2: cheating? To be completely honest, I don't know. Mm. And the reason I don't know is because we haven't talked about it. It's been three years. Like, you would think that I didn't get closure from that because if you listen in the episode, like I put my feelings to the side to help him get into treatment because like, that's how I guess I was taught to always take care of the person who's hurting the most. And his life was in danger. His life was at stake. Like he, I didn't want him to like overdose and die. Uh So I knew that I was going to be okay. So I told him like, look, let's get you into treatment. When you get out, we'll settle our differences. You know, we had just signed a lease to a new apartment. And he's like, we can live together still. But I was like, I can't, I can't do that because you broke that trust. You know, if it if it's that you fell out of love with me and we can be roommates, okay. But it's it was the the cheating part that just like for me was it was too much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. So I helped get him into treatment and my understanding was that he was going to come back a few months later and we were going to talk about like the financial aspect of the responsibility we had with the lease and dividing, I guess, our assets. It's it's like a fucking divorce. Yeah, and dogs and stuff. The dogs and stuff. Yeah. So then, you know, I didn't hear from him from, actually, I didn't even hear from him. I heard from his treatment center. They called me a year and a half after he was gone and they said he wants to pick up his stuff. Remember, like he went to treatment with like a backpack. I have all his clothes here. I'm seeing it every day. His, you know, Xbox, his laptop, like everything. His car is parked downstairs, at, you know, at that time. Like everything is here. So moving on from that, I, I, I couldn't because I everything reminded me of him. And, you know, it it was hard. So then his treatment center called and they said, hey, like he wants to get his stuff. And I got so defensive. I'm like, well, what stuff does he want? (laughs) Right? Because I'm thinking he's not taking the furniture. like, Like all this stuff like I'm thinking about. And then they said, he just wants his laptop, his car and his clothes. And I said, what about all the money that he owes me from like all the rent that I've paid on my own for this last year? And they said, you know what? Why don't we have him call you? And he called me and it was like, I remember I was expecting the call and I was just like fucking scared because I was mad at that point. I was angry. And so he called me and he made, we made an arrangement that he would come and get his clothes and he did. He showed up and I hugged him and he looked so different. He had gained a little weight from being, I guess, in treatment and sober. And he was playing with the dogs and he told me like, I know that I owe you an amends. It's coming. Don't worry. And he started playing with the dogs. And, you know, I told him, you can come play with the dogs whenever you want. These were his dogs, too. And he's like, I would love that. I'll call you. I'll be in touch. It never happened. So that, that pissed me off. You know, not maybe not the fact that he hasn't made an amends, but just like the fact that he says he's going to do something and he doesn't follow through. hmm You know?
0: So still today, there's just like no communication.
2: You know, the communication is very little. He sometimes messages me on my birthday or Christmas or something, like, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. And sometimes I've sent him pictures of the dogs and he loves them. He'll reply, but it's very, it's that kind of communication. You know, last time that I sent him a video of the dogs, they got into like a funny ass fight and Mm -hmm. I sent him a video of it. I got no reply. And I'm just like, all right, that's cool. But today where I am at, I'm in a different place than I was like the last time that I saw him physically. I have moved on.
1: Do you think that having a mom with substance abuse issues and being kind of constantly let down by her, do you think that prepared you for what happened with The dissolution of that relationship, or do you think that instead it just made it twice as painful because it just threw you back to that? You know,
2: I think in a way, because of the disappointments that I've had with my mom, with my family, I've learned to build this really tough wall, right? So when that wall gets hit, I don't break down. It's probably a character defect. I don't know. It's been my defense mechanism. So yeah, I feel like it did prepare me for these things. And a lot of people tell me, like, you have this guard up, you have this wall, and you're so hard to read. And I know that it's been a defense mechanism from all the shit that happened to me as a kid. So I I think it it has prepared me. I have been working on that because I do want to let people in. And that's the thing. He got through that wall. That's what made me fall in love with him that he tore that wall down and said, let me in. Privates, have you ever been super stressed
1: out after a hookup because you weren't sure of what your STD status was?
0: Oh my God, Googling like every STD known to man. Do I have this?
1: (laughs) Writing sad songs, looking up things that rhyme with chlamydia. (laughs)
0: Well, you don't have to live like that because you can know your STD status. And knowing your STD status protects you and your partners. And now you can discreetly test at home with EverlyWell. EverlyWell
1: at-home lab tests give you physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness, all at an affordable and transparent cost.
0: With over 30 tests, you'll be able to choose the ones that make the most sense for you. Food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid are just a few of the many options. And of course their STD test discreetly allows you to test for seven types of STDs, all from the privacy of your own home.
1: Ugh, oh, I love that. Here's how it works. Everlywell ships your at-home lab test straight to you with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Using the prepaid shipping label, you mail your test back to a certified lab, and in just days, your physician reviewed results and actionable insights are sent to your device. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide your next steps.
0: Over 1 million people have trusted Everlywell with their at-home lab testing, including us. I recently got a food sensitivity test, and my latest test was a women's health test, and I am so excited to get the insights.
1: And even though I'm in a monogamous marriage, it was nice to know that our SDG tests were clear.
0: And for listeners of the show who want to give it a try, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash private. That's everlywell.com
1: slash private for 20% off your at-home lab test. everlywell.com
0: slash private. Okay, so your love life today, (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) Or are you just in love with your creative projects? Because we were talking about those before we started too.
2: So funny that you ask, I'm back into the dating world. However, I've been very selective about who I meet because like we were talking about these creative projects, I'm very busy. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a job. I have, you know, my acting studio that I go to. I have like the podcast. I'm still writing. I, I just wrote a few shorts. Like I'm I'm so busy that I need to manage my time wisely. And so I'm dating again. There's nothing serious happening right now. I'm okay with that. Because like I said, I'm very busy. I'm very fucking busy. But I'm out there, and I'm I'm still exploring the possibility of meeting somebody amazing. And I, I feel like in due time, it'll come. I'm not anxiously awaiting that, if that makes sense. Like, it'll come when it comes.
0: Yes, that's when you meet someone. Exactly. I, in my experience, as soon as you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need it, but it's nice, whatever. That's like exactly when someone comes around and ruins your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but it's true.
1: I feel like men just smell it when you don't need them and they're like, that's hot. What are you doing? How about I how about now you're with me instead? <laughs> yeah.
0: I Emmy, mean, I just have to say, listening to your podcast and just the way you describe everything and everything you've revealed, I can just tell you're like such a sensitive heart and like such a lover and I think when you meet the right person it's going to be amazing. Lucky for them. Is what I'm gonna oh, say. Thank Explosive.
2: <laughs> yeah, That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> and I want that. I want that electricity. I want that, you know, everything in every aspect, emotionally, sexually, I want it all. And, you know, I don't want just a fucking crumb. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get it. You're a catch.
0: And honestly, if
1: anybody is looking to fall in love, Was Emmy, just listen to the entirety of Crumbs, I dare you, to walk away from that and not be like, okay, so what is Emmy doing Friday
2: night? (laughs) (laughs) You know what's so funny? Like, since the podcast has come out and I've, like, interacted with some people that I've matched with on the dating app or whatever, and they ask me, what do you do? And I'm like, well, should I tell them that I have a podcast? Should I not? Like, maybe, like, this is a good, like, cheat sheet for them to like see who I really am and where yeah. I came from and maybe like decide yes or no and so I've been doing that like recently not until like a few weeks ago I was like oh sure fuck it why not and then I get on a message saying oh my god like this is like so great like you know da da oh my god this needs to be a movie this needs to be a show like your life is so crazy da-da-da-da. I get all these messages from them like okay I think it's a good thing that we there's no like <laughs> It saves me a lot of time of having to explain my family dynamics, and it saves me a lot of time in having them like figure out what makes Emmy Emmy.
0: Totally. Plus, being an artist is its own form of disclosure. Where you're like, are they going to be cool with me writing about them, or like whatever? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: so it's like a good test for that too. <laughs> I was telling my producers when we were recording, "Damn, people are not are going to be scared to date me because they're going to think that I'm going to talk about them or yeah. write write about them." <laughs> but you know. And there's so many like other stories in the book that didn't make it to the podcast. Like, oh, I have some so such interesting ones, and I guess people are just gonna have to wait till the book comes out to read about them because there's some the cool book ones in there.
0: And season two, um, <laughs> I did want to talk about one more thing from the podcast that I just thought was interesting, and that's the parents element. Because who were you dating that it was going really well, and then was that your last partner? Where the mom called you?
2: Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That was him. That was the last one. That was so sweet.
0: I thought that was so freaking sweet. Can you talk a little bit about that and like the extra meet the parents anxiety and how that actually turns out really lovely sometimes?
2: Oh my God. That was the ultimate form of validation that I've ever gotten from anyone. (laughs) Um, So, you know, he came from the South. I felt like they were so close-minded. You know, I have these preconceived notions of what they're going to be like. Mm -hmm. And they invite him and they say, bring your girlfriend to Europe. And I'm like, I can't go. I want to go, but I can't go. There's no way. Like, I feel like I'm going to be, like, nervous. And so he says... It's going to be fine. Don't worry. And he picks up the phone and he calls his mom and he tells him, like, I'm dating a trans woman. And the fact that she didn't care was just like, whoa. She
0: called you right back, right? That's
2: the part that floored me. Yeah, she called me right away. She was like, in her cute little Southern accent, she was like, honey, all I care about is that you love my son and you treat him right. Uh, And that makes me love you. And I was just like, I was floored. I I was like, whoa, not what I thought was going to happen. Because we had so many issues in the beginning when we started dating of external people just voicing their opinions about why we shouldn't date. And so I thought this was going to be one of them. I thought this was going to be something that was going to discourage him from dating me when we took it to the serious level. And so this woman became my friend. And this woman, I talked to her more than she talked to her son. And we would joke around about that because she'd text me like, oh, you know, we were we were like girlfriends. And she knew that I loved her son. She knew that I took care of him. And we were friends up until like, I guess the relationship ended.
1: That's really cute. And I felt also so happy for you and was fist pumping on my couch because
0: totally. it was such
1: a <laughs> confluence of so many of the things you'd been yearning for. I also very much identify with like, I grew up with a single mom and she was never also going to PTA meetings or things like that. So I really identified with you not only being like, oh man, this is a a whole family that I've only seen on like TV. And then also like going to Europe, which you're like, I've always thought like families that went on family vacations, like how that looks like quaint and from TV and to have all of that happen at the same time as the acceptance by that family and you being in love. I just thought that was such a
2: incredible moment. Yeah, it was it was crazy because I thought that all that experience that you just mentioned, I thought that I was going to get that in relationship three with Adam. I thought uh. that was going to be like, you know, because his parents were doctors blah, 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 and the outsides look so good. And I thought that's what I was going to get. And it didn't work out that way, obviously. But then with Dylan, it was like it just happened organically. Like I didn't even think of it like that. It just kind of fucking happened. And so I, I loved it. And it was, it was so important for me. It made me realize that people will love me. Yes. And see me for who I am. There's people out there mm-hmm. who aren't going to fetishize you or think that you're like their fantasy or think that they're doing something taboo. Like, you know, that exhausts me. Like, that's not, <laughs> I'm tired of that. Like, I want a real deep connection
0: And they can have cool moms too. (laughs)
2: like (laughs) Amazing. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing. Like all of my ex-boyfriend's moms have loved me. Like I always get along with them. Like that's one of the things. And I think because they know that when I'm in it, I'm in it. And I'm like really, I genuinely love their child. So I've had good experiences with with ex-mother-in-laws.
1: I love that. You're not just a catch for the guy, you're a catch for the mom. You're like, guess what? I'm mom nip. You want me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, does your mom need a friend? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, amazing. Well, we are eagerly awaiting season two. We're going to manifest that. And I cannot wait to read the book. Is there any news on when it's going to be out?
2: Not yet. I haven't heard from my agent on anything. any recent developments. Okay. Can you share your socials so people can follow and find out when the book drops? Yeah, absolutely. It's just Emi Olea, E-M-M-Y-O-L-E-A, 11, 11. It's my lucky number. Emi Olea, 11, across every platform.
0: Amazing. And is there anything else that you think we should know or our listeners should know that we didn't ask you?
2: I don't know. I think, you know, I love this conversation that we had. I had a totally different idea of like what the conversation was going to be like. And I love that we really dove into crumbs and I think the story is a story that's universal. You don't have to be trans to understand, to to relate. You don't have to be an addict to understand. You know, I decided to do the podcast and it was a very scary thing to do, right? Because I felt like it could help many people. Mm -hmm. Many people who go through addiction, people who go through a transition that can be hard. It's a very difficult thing that we go through sometimes. People that... Have suffered like adversity in their childhood. And so I want people to know, like, hang in there, it gets better. Right. Because I don't talk about this in the podcast, I talk about it in my book, but I try to like kill myself so many times before, you know, transitioning. And that's in the book. And I talk about that. I, I dive deeper into it. But putting my story out there was very difficult to do because I felt like I was getting naked for the world. But I knew, and this is something that I learned like in 12-step program, like your experience makes you uniquely qualified to help somebody who's gone through a similar situation. And that's why I decided to write the book and do the podcast to help others because you are not alone and you don't you can be whatever you are, there's always a community there for you.
0: That's so beautiful. That. Has it been as, you know, it's so scary, I'm sure, to put it out, but has it been so validating as well?
2: It has. I've gotten so many messages from people all over just telling me how much they can relate to this part or how much they can relate to that part and people who are rooting for me and people who are sad for me. like People who are like genuinely in their feelings with my story, and that's so validating because you know I've had people asking me for relationship advice. People asking me for this type of advice, People saying how, you know this has affected so and so that they know. And okay, we're helping people. That's like what the point of this was.
0: Yay. well, we're rooting for you so hard. and thank you so much for this. It's been awesome talking to you.
2: No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Emmy. Um, That was amazing. And I also love that she was like worried about what we were going to talk about. (laughs) What does that say about us, Soph?
1: (laughs) I mean, I like feeling powerful, but not in a way where people are scared to come on the (laughs) pod.
0: I know. She's like, I'm pleasantly surprised.
1: (laughs) I guess it's good if people's expectations are low. Then they're like, wow, those two dipshits really, really did it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> anyway, we love Emmy so much. We actually, well, we're going to try to be friends with her, but <laughs> in the meantime, you guys should check out Crumbs and it is so worth the listen. You guys are going to love it. So give it a listen.
1: Yeah, you definitely should. And if you're just already out here listening to podcasts all willy-nilly, <laughs> guess what? You should listen to our latest episode, which is what, Courtney.
0: The Sex Lives of African Women. Oh my God, that was such a good episode. I learned so fucking much. Me too. That was one of my favorites. And while you're out
1: here, again, listening, you can listen to, if you haven't caught it yet,
0: our interview
1: with uh, Yuri Mazarsky, uh, which is uh, basically one of the most like compelling interviews and an inside look at what being a civilian soldier who used to be a journalist but now has to fight to defend Ukraine is like. So check that out too
0: follow the podcast at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram. If you're still on Facebook, we are at Private Parts Unknown. And on Twitter, we are at Private Parts Un. And you can
1: follow us individually. I am at TheSofia, S-O-F-I-Y-A on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I am at Courtney Kosak, K-O-C-A-K. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. There's a link in the description. We always try to send out little extra tidbits related to the episodes that We couldn't fit in, but we were like, ah, we want our listeners to see this. So it's a really good read. Make sure you're subscribed. Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb-ass music?
1: This music is by our friend Amy Rosh. You should get her music on her website. That's com.
0: This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio.
1: Michael, you are my Easter baby. I want hot
2: eggs in your pockets.
0: I'm sorry, what did you say?
1: (laughs) I said, he's my beautiful Easter boy and that I would hide eggs in his pockets. Hey,
0: I'm down with that, okay? (laughs) You
1: know they're just getting weirder and
0: weirder. (laughs) I guess, yeah.
1: (laughs) Listen, shout out, Mike. shout out, our amazing social media queen, Holly Brown, who is super funny and a comedian. You should check her out, Holly Brown comedy.
0: And if you guys wanna make our freaking day, head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash private. Give us a little five-star rating and review. Five stars only, please. And you guys, we are needing some new reviews on Apple Podcasts. We had a couple that we didn't love. And we just want to brush them out of the way, make sure we got all of our best reviews up top. So if you could head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash private, rate us on Apple Podcasts, rate us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It makes us feel so good.
1: It really does. Bless you for doing this.
0: And we will check you guys next time.
1: Later.